started then. Welcome to Drunk Duck Cinema Club. I'm your host, Michael Puglisi. And I'm your host, Allie Darling. This week's movie is The Young Offenders, which tells us why you shouldn't put ice cream down your pants and take a very long bike ride. <laughs> See, that? I've forgotten about that part. There's all these little <laughs> things that have... Transpired. There's too many of them. Yeah. This is definitely yeah. the movie of memorable and endearing little moments that are slightly unrealistic, but in that same sense, quite hilarious. So, Yeah, there's a lot of things that are totally inconsequential to the plot that are just kind of fun things thrown in. Mm-hmm. One of which, I will say, has to do with ice cream, and I was also able to find an extremely adorable movie poster featuring these underpants and ice cream, which I'll uh, <laughs> throw up on the website. It's pretty cute. Please do. Hmm. So we're talking about The Young Offenders. It's a 2016 Irish comedy film written, directed, and co-produced by Peter Foote. Um, it's about best friends Connor and Jock, who are teenagers from Cork, Ireland. They dress the same, have the same haircuts, same dinky little mustache, and they both come from troubled homes. And they both do uh, synchronized dancing and... Uh look up to one another far more than is typical, I would say. Yes, they're they're very close and very similar in far too many ways to be that that is normal. Um mm. one's the short one, so, one's the tall one. Yes, yeah. and Connor <laughs> Connor's the short one and he both metaphorically and literally looks up to Joe. Yeah. Um and basically the movie follows Connor and Jock as they ride their bikes to the coast in search of bales of cocaine from a capsized drug trafficking boat so what's super interesting is first of all it's like canonically they're supposed to have biked 160 kilometers like that is which is far right that is a fuck ton (laughs) that is so far on a bike and I mean, I guess it takes them like two days, but like, Jesus, that's like, like such a crazy thing to just like suddenly decide you're going to go do. I mean, they they come from very bad home lives, right? Like they're trying to escape their, their yeah, situation. Yeah. So they're pretty motivated. And it's, it's interesting still. as well, because this particular movie is set in 2007 and it's based on a true story of, uh, cocaine tumbling into the coast of Ireland off the coast of Ireland and it's interesting because when I was researching this they have this problem a lot like apparently they had three separate million dollar like tens and hundreds of million dollar cocaine seizures in like seven years no kidding like apparently this is a problem that there's like (laughs) lots and lots of fancy yachts bringing cocaine into Ireland in this particular manner. And uh, there's a couple funny stories that I have uh, I've collected that we could look at. But I didn't realize Ireland had this cocaine capsizing boat issue. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, they've got lots of issues, so we'll just pile this one on. <laughs> As you said, the, this uh, story is based on uh, a true story about an incident in 2007 where a drug trafficking boat carrying bales of cocaine capsized off the coast of Cork. Director Foote noticed 
that uh, Cork residents would walk down to the water hoping to find bales of cocaine. And he thought this was pretty funny and eventually ended up using it for this movie. He, he kind of combined this memory along with uh, a memory of him and a friend going on a bike trip when he was 15. Yeah. They loaded up their bags with beer, with ghetto blasters and tents, and just, yeah, went on this, like, epic bike trip. Yeah, and he says that a lot of the little kind of fun things that kind of crop up in the movie, like, are things that happened to him. And it's interesting because it's like, that means you were this little dirtbag, basically, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, I... He must have been, like, yeah, the kind of whatever his generation's version of Connor and Jock is. Yeah. That must have been his jam. A little, little grease ball. Yeah. So taking these memories and this incident and combining them with uh, his love of these, like, adventure chill child movies like The Goonies, E.T., and Stand By Me, uh, Peter Foote came up with this story and... Uh, yeah, he wanted to write and direct this movie. So they put out an open casting call. Yeah. <laughs> and they went to school theater groups and gave auditions to anybody who was interested in starring in the movie, regardless of their acting experience. So what's really interesting about this is that the the city of Cork is not a very big city. Like the population is about 210,000 people. Um, and it's, it's not a very big city to begin with. And it's, it's kind of one of the like lesser known cities of Ireland, I suppose, in the sense that it's not like a huge tourist destination or anything like that. And it's interesting because apparently the whole town was like involved with this movie by the end of it, because they shot it on location in Cork and like invited everybody to audition to it. And at that point, like the whole town is involved. Which is like such an interesting, interesting way to make a movie, and makes it kind of seem like a little bit of a more of a passion project than than a lot of other films. That is pretty neat. Like, uh, word must really get around in a town of two hundred thousand people. Like, there's about a million folks here, right? And yeah, if there's any wind of any sort of movie or being filmed, like you hear about it fairly quickly. Well, exactly. And the other thing that was so interesting is because the story is set in 2007, like Foot quoted, basically said, everybody has a story about this cocaine seizure. Everybody has a story about it. Everybody has like, oh, I heard from so-and-so that this person got one. Or, and oh, I heard from so-and-so that like this happened. Oh, one of my friends went down to the water to try to catch something. Like he said, it was like everybody knew about it and everybody had a story. It's like you know, if you think back in the day when there's like a crazy big snowstorm, like everyone's like, oh, well, you know, my family did blah, blah, blah. Like, that's right. Like everyone remembers the ice storm. They all have their ice storms. Yes, exactly. Whatever, right. So, yeah. So uh, once the actors were cast, months were spent rehearsing the scenes, allowing time for the actors to learn their roles and to gel with each other. They shot the script as is, and then allowed the actors some room to improv afterwards. And they'd even let the cast and crew make suggestions for reactions to lines and punchlines <laughs> and stuff. Which is, uh, that's kind of a, a little cool thing to do. Like, a lot of times when you have a writer-director, they're very controlling of the script. You know, they tend to take, you know, the auteur kind of role where they control every single detail. So it's nice to hear they let people just kind of, uh, 
riff and give their suggestions. Yeah, and I have to think that that has a lot to do with like it being that sort of like combined story. Like I'm sure there was people who had suggestions and thoughts and you know little gossips and anecdotes about things that that must have made their way into the film, um, just due to the nature of how they were shooting it. Definitely. And shooting apparently was kind of difficult because in order to get the feel that director Peter Foote wanted, they would wait for the clouds and rain to pass. Which is And even reshoot scenes so that they could give the movie this like sunny summer vibe, which in Ireland must have been terrible. (laughs) Like imagine waiting for sunny days in fucking Ireland. Yeah. So the film was finally released in fall 2016 in Ireland and was a critical and box office hit. I did read about, uh, apparently it has a a cumulative worldwide gross of (laughs) $14,000. Yes, $14,862. Now is Uh, that British pounds? It does not have a pound symbol. It has a dollar sign. (laughs) Not good. Poor, poor people. But well, they, I, they eventually ended up getting a t- TV series out of it, so... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, getting, jumping into the plot now. Uh, the movie is about best friends Connor and Jock, who are two teenagers from Cork, Ireland, dress the same, act the same, have the same weak mustaches, and do coordinated dances in alleyways, apparently. Yeah. There's, like, a little 25-second dance scene that has just about nothing to do with the rest of the film, but it is very funny. Yes, one of those many random endearing moments that you mentioned. So, Jock lives with his abusive alcoholic father and is a notorious bike thief in Cork who's engaged in a cat and mouse game with an overzealous police sergeant named Healy who is hellbent on catching this bike thief. Yeah, and it's worth mentioning that this movie plays out a little bit kind of uh, in homage or maybe in, in the same vein as a movie like Snatch or Lockstock in the sense that there's lots of little overlapping storylines that all kind of come together in the end. And Jock's bike thief sort of story arc ends up doesn't end up going quite the way that you picture it will. And uh, it's got a little... A couple little curveballs along the way. Yeah, what's important to note, I guess, about Jock's bike thief career is that he has created a mask in the likeness of a local bully named Billy, and he wears this mask when he steals bikes, and he's become known to the locals as Fake Billy. (laughs) Fake Billy. The mask, I will say, they say it's in the same likeness as Billy, but it is just a horrible, like, Michael Myers-style plastic mask. Like, it's not convincing yeah, paint it white. at all. <laughs> you paint it white, and it is a Michael Myers mask. It, yeah. It's awful. <laughs> um, but then Connor works at the fish market with his single mother, with whom he has a very strained relationship. Um, yeah. I think uh, they allude to her having Connor super young, and Connor obviously being a difficult child to deal with. Yeah, and his dad so had passed the, away as well, so they have like kind of a a series a of in the family. yeah, a series of tragedies. You know, like doesn't seem like she was ever necessarily ready or you know educated on how to be a mother, and you know, 
they just don't uh they seem to have almost a similar maturity level which is not appropriate <laughs> yeah like you can tell she really cares about connor but like she loses her cool and like you know Less snaps at him a lot yeah yeah so Connor and Jock hear about a drug boat that capsizes off the coast, sending 61 bales of cocaine into the ocean of a nearby town. The two decide to head out on a bike trip to retrieve a bale of cocaine to eventually sell to get themselves out of their less than fortunate living situations. And they make a little bit of a... The movie opens with them discussing this plan, and obviously Jock being the leader of the two he is the one suggesting the plan and he says that the reason that they should go and do this is because since they're only 15 they're classified as what they call young offenders which means they can't go to prison and i I am led to believe that the law is not that black and white (laughs) but uh no but when you're 15 it's it sure sounds right yeah so and it's it's quite funny because he says uh he makes a joke and well he's not joking he says that you know the state thinks that they're too their brains are not developed well enough for them to be actual criminals <laughs> and <laughs> and he's so and he's so like proud that he's pulled the veil over the state's well, eyes and that's uh, kind of funny though because that that ends up kind of being correct later on true yeah so connor and jock they steal bikes to head out on their journey however one of them is tagged with a GPS tracking device placed underneath uh, the seat by Sergeant Healy, who mm-hmm. begins tailing Connor and Jock. Now, what's interesting about Sergeant Healy is he does not know he's about to go on a 160-kilometer bike ride, which leads me to wonder, <laughs> like, what does this guy have going out on his side of work? Nothing. Nothing. No, definitely not. I mean, the his coworkers have even told him to just knock off the bike thief stuff give it he, up yeah. he doesn't care he's like he's like the t-1000 or something he's just gonna keep going yeah um do we want to talk about the random stops they make before they get to uh the town with the cocaine bales yeah i mean so it's it, it is interesting in the sense that they're on a path to what they call, you know, they're going to become famous and rich and live lives of lives of luxury and and all of this. But considering that, they do get sidetracked very easily. Um, they get sidetracked learning how to swim. One of them does not know how to swim, but refuses to admit that. Um, they almost die jumping off of a bridge into a pile of rocks. Um, <laughs> Connor gets. Uh, horrific road rash and or possibly jock itch i don't know what's wrong with him but something goes wrong in his uh lower half and uh they they take a very bad decision to deal with that and it just kind of goes on and on like this they keep getting sidetracked on like little stupid excursions and you'd think that they were not it really kind of plays out as a bit of a coming of age a bit of like a journey and a and a towards like manhood in the sense of like maybe the same kind of like stand by me sort of esque, but they're just kind of little shitheads. Yeah, so it, it really, really is work. stand by. <laughs> it really is stand by me meets the trailer park boys. Yeah, exactly. It. So they do have and a the- lot of little side little side excursions, and 
they are it's interesting one of the things that i read the director say that i thought was quite poignant was he says jock and connor like they're not heroes and they're not not that they're villains but you're not necessarily supposed to be on their side and you probably wouldn't be on their side if you met them in person but in the movie they managed to make you root for them like you want them to get away with what they're doing and you want them to to get what they're trying to get and it's interesting that they're able to do that just by making them very likable despite the fact that they are just kind of dirtbags yeah they are incredibly likable dirtbags and their sympathetic backstories definitely help to um make you connect with the characters and also because like sergeant healy who is technically in the right trying to track yeah. down a, <laughs> he's like the, the canonical bad guy like you're just like what a weenie you know yeah no he he's fun to just kind of poke fun at yeah and it, of course on their trip to get to the beach to find a bale of cocaine he's tailing them the entire time eventually they get wise to the fact that they've placed that he's placed the gps on one of their bikes and they attach it to a bird i believe to get him off their off their tail yeah i think they attach it to a bird or a balloon maybe like they attach it to something and uh send it down a river or something and he gets onto a literal goose chase i guess yes so the boys happen to eventually find a bale of cocaine once they arrive at their destination they find it in one of the old abandoned castles which i guess is a common thing in ireland which is not a common Um, thing here at all they're just like yeah i'm just gonna take a shit in this castle this old castle goes in take a dump and finds a sleeping drug dealer with a bale of cocaine in his arms now i will say they don't know that he's a drug dealer when they find him they think that he's just a crippled man because he has like a like a bum leg basically right and Connor finds him and feels bad and, you know, tries to convince Jock, we can't take this bale of cocaine from him. He probably needs it more than we do. And Jock, I suppose, showing that he's maybe the less kind hearted of the two, insists that they take the cocaine barrel. And Connor doesn't really seem on on board with this. And he decides that he's going to leave this guy his jacket so that he doesn't get cold while he snoozes in this castle full of human shit. Yeah, so once they grab the bale of cocaine, they run out of the castle, and the two celebrate for snagging their bag of cocaine and presumably their ticket out of cork and onto bigger and better things. It's However, this, while sorry, yeah, it's at this point in the movie that I always wonder, like, how were they planning on selling this? Like, that's a lot of cocaine. <laughs> it's a lot of cocaine. like. I feel like they would just get stabbed immediately. Because they I mean, let on yeah. that they had that much cocaine. What are you going to do in a town of 200,000 people? How are you going to get rid of that? Well, to be honest, it sounds like there's a lot of cocaine in Ireland. That's, that's true. Well, with all these ships capsizing everywhere all the time. <laughs> all this so, Con- hefty drug Connor- smuggling. <laughs> Connor accidentally snags the bag of cocaine on a barbed wire fence, but mm. doesn't notice. And as the two are biking back to Cork, the bag slowly runs out. It plays this really happy music, too, because they get into a little bit of a spat when they originally think they're not going to get any of the bales of cocaine. And then they make up and they're all happy together, biking home. 
And it really plays this beautiful, happy tone and happy music. And it's the best time ever, nice and sunny. And the whole time the cocaine is just <laughs> floating dramatically and airily out of the back of the bike. <laughs> Meanwhile, the drug dealer has woken up and has found Connor's, Connor's name on his sweater. And, and this begins is, trying to track him down. This is interesting, too, because they make a weird comment at the beginning that Connor's mom sews his name in all of his clothes. Now, that is a weird thing to do. I knew Wasn't a it because he's dumb and always losing them or something? I don't know. I don't know why it is. But whatever it is, that is the reason this guy is able to find them. Yeah, so he starts tracking them down. And meanwhile, Connor and Jock have returned to Corp and have a falling out. Um, during this time, Connor, both of the boys go home. Connor goes home and reconciles with his mom, who, you know, he basically tells her to s- start being nicer to him. She tells him to not be such a shithead, and they yep. kind of make up. Yeah, it's, um, they, they really kind of, they connect in a nice way, because he says, you know, you have to stop calling me an idiot, and she's like, well, you have to stop being an idiot, and you're like, well... <laughs> baby steps guys um jock also goes home um and gets not reconcile with his dad he does not know his dad freaks out on him basically beats the shit out of him um at this point sergeant healy has figured out that jock is the bike thief and goes to his house to arrest him and Mm -hmm. finally understands what seeing all the bruises on Jock's face and everything understands what his living situation is. Um, yeah, he seems to suddenly kind of feel just, bad for him. Uh, yeah. After hating him you can him tell so Healy long. feels bad for him too, you know? Yeah. Like, um, and just about as Jock is to be arrested, he hears from his friend, a neighborhood friend, out the back window of his house that... Uh, the drug dealer is in town looking for them, armed with a nail gun. Well, and he tells him that he knows where Connor is because that's that's the name that he has. And once Jock hears this, he realizes he has to go and try and help his friend. Uh, so he books it and escapes Healy for the probably not the last time, to be honest. But <laughs> <laughs> probably not. So the drug dealer eventually does end up at Connor's house and confronts him and his mom asking about the bale of cocaine. And then pretty soon after that, everybody arrives at Connor's yeah. house. <laughs> Every single Jock character arrives, in the movie, just about. Yeah, Jock arrives to warn Connor. Healy arrives for to Jock. To arrest Jock, yep. Yeah, and then at this point, the drug dealer is asking them all where the bale of cocaine is, and they're telling him the truth, that they lost it, they caught a like it it fell out of the bag and he's like nobody would be that stupid and you're like what do you mean he literally does not believe that they're stupid enough for this to happen yeah (laughs) luckily though oh god luckily they are that stupid (laughs) luckily they are that stupid and luckily the (coughs) jesus the neighborhood bully billy shows up fresh out of prison now of course Billy went to prison because there was a guy going around resembling him stealing bikes. Stealing loads of bikes. Who was Jock. And of course, Billy found this out 
and he's out of prison looking to have revenge. Mm-hmm. So, but Connor convinces the drug dealer that Billy stole the cocaine. So they get into a fight. Mm-hmm. And in the struggle that ensues, Connor's mom manages to knock out the drug dealer and Billy, who are arrested. And, and everybody's end, happy. Yeah, Sergeant Healy is painted as a hero for uh, capturing this drug dealer and Billy. And Jock ends up living with Connor to uh, escape his abusive parent. Yeah, and so it's, all is well. It's Except kind of for funny perhaps because that mom who has to live with these two now. Well, exactly. Connor's mom. It's so funny. They always he talks about Connor talks about how his mom hates Jock, and Jock just refuses to acknowledge that she doesn't like him. And literally, she's isn't he like const- super sweet to her too? Yeah, he loves her. He loves her. He, every time he sees her, he's like, "You're looking so good," and like, you know, I wish I had like I wish I had your cooking. You seem like such a good mom. Like, no, no, no. And she's always just like fucking dunce. Like, she hates him. <laughs> yeah, I know. she hates he's... him because he's a bad influence on her son. I think that's why she hates him. But Jock it's still is very like, funny. totally immune to it, though. He's oh, just yeah. does not care. No. <laughs> um. I guess briefly we'll talk about our drink pairing. So we've decided that uh, to recommend a classic Jameson's Irish whiskey because it is made, it's distilled in none other than Cork County. And it's interesting. It says County Cork and I am not Irish and I don't know if you're supposed to say it that way or if you're supposed to say Cork County, but it is made in that general area. In the county known as Cork. The county... Here for two known as Cork. Yes. Um, I mean, Jameson's is like a pretty good whiskey. It's, I don't know, I find Irish whiskey in general to be pretty rough, but you know what? Maybe throw a nice cube or two in it and sip on it. Give it a go. Ain't no bitch. Um, Except is maybe. there any, uh, anything, uh, you wanted to touch on or any kind of interesting things? So I guess a couple of things I wanted to just talk about was when I was researching about, I was trying to research about the specific cocaine seizure that this movie was inspired by. And it was very difficult to do so because there were so many cocaine seizures, it seemed like, within (laughs) that time period. And I, I honestly couldn't really tell which one was which because I'd read a news story about one of them that looked like the dates lined up, seemed like it had the right people involved. And I'd read another story and it would be the same thing. It looked like the right kind of people, the right sort of dates. And it made it very difficult to figure out which one was which. And regardless of that, I was able to find an extremely funny story about one of them. So there was a particular instance of one of these cocaine seizures where they had a whole pile of cocaine bear cocaine like bales on a yacht similar to the to the story that this is based on and they were bringing them to the shoreline on a dinghy like a a dinghy with a little motor and they ended up with their onboard motor running out of gas running out of petrol and so they put in their uh uh, they're like sort of separate motor, motor, their spare gas tank onto their motor. And somebody had unknowingly filled that spare gas tank with diesel instead of petrol, which completely fucked the engine and made it so they had no engine. And they ended up capsizing 
with the, you know, 15, 20 bales of cocaine that they had. And that was the only reason that they got caught was because they had capsizers, a bunch of random stuff floating. And these people who were basically nearly hypothermic had to swim to shore after flipping this boat over. And I was reading this and the only thing I could think of was it is literally just Jock and Connor on that boat <laughs> trying to offload yes. this cocaine. <laughs> yeah, it's the Irish trailer park boys. It's it the is. same shit. And uh, yeah, and it seems to be a very similar story. It's like the random boat capsized in the sea, bales of cocaine everywhere, caught by authorities. And it's just like every time. Mind you, it does make you think of how many times do they do this and not get caught. True. You only hear about the ones who get caught. Exactly. Yeah, um, this, uh... The other thing that, I, that I'll say is when I was picturing, the movie does a good job of this, but when they first started talking about bales of cocaine in the movie, I was under the impression that they were going to be quite a lot larger because I'm used to thinking of like a bale of hay, which is like... like a fucking huge what have you never seen a bale of cocaine before (laughs) i don't know what the unit of measurement is for that um they're 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 more like you know uh they're kind of like small box sized like they're not that big it's a lot of drugs but it's not that big of a bale to begin with uh i stumbled across a picture of you know 50 some bales of cocaine and, and it really doesn't look like that much it, it's it like the size of like but... a, a very small backpack or something, you know? Yeah, it's like a regular backpack full, kind of. Yeah, no, it's not a hay bale of cocaine. I, no. I guess you're pretty confused how they were going to get that back. Yeah, just hop it, just heave it on the bike. <laughs> uh, um, do you have anything about the, the reception? So the movie won uh, a bunch of awards, although it was never really worldwide acclaim so it was uh well received in ireland and one of the things that it was most well received for was uh the fact that it is made in cork and the fact that it has cork accents specifically like they're very careful to select specifically uh people that had that accent and they said i guess it's never been done before or it's very uncommon to hear a cork accent uh on tv uh one of the things that they do comment on is they have a a comedian um his name is pj gallagher and he has a dubliner accent which apparently is because he's the villain specifically uh okay. apparently dublin is the villain in, of ireland they give him the big city accent yeah exactly so it won a couple of awards and uh in in most cases it won irish film and tv uh awards and nominations but it also happened to win uh, best feature film, best feature screenplay, and best feature direction at the Los Angeles Comedy Festival. So, won a couple of things like that. Uh, and it was popular enough to spawn off the, the sitcom series, like you said. Yeah, which I haven't watched yet, but should really kind of get on. Um, I think there's... Let's see, I think there's four I think seasons. There's three, three or four seasons in now. Yeah. And... It's got much of the same cast. You have uh, Alex Murphy and Chris Wally reprising their roles as Connor and Jock, respectively. And also um, Connor's mother returning, Sergeant Healy. Yeah. And uh, they, yeah, like like you mentioned before we started recording, they 
repurposed PJ Gallagher as the principal instead of uh, the drug dealer. Yeah, exactly. So they they keep a lot of the same uh, a lot of the same people. And what's interesting is I was able to determine there's a statistic that said that the the series gets about 25 million views, um, which seems like quite a lot. Although I'm not exactly sure how that compares to some of the other more popular uh, kind of Irish TV shows um, from that area. I think another one that's quite popular is the Dairy Girls TV show, but I'm not sure how that compares. But but still, popular enough to be. Uh picked up for a television show and then renewed for a couple seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, the very short seasons, seven episodes, six episodes. So I'm hoping they have very tight story arcs. Cause if, if there's one thing that was great about this movie in particular is how tight of a script and how tight of a story it is. Like it's only, it's 85 minutes long. Like it's just in and out and yeah. every bit of it is kind of meant to be there and is enjoyable. Yeah, it all seems very purposeful and worthwhile. Like, there's no scenes that I would remove, even the ones that don't necessarily seem related to anything except for good times. Mm-hmm. And I think part of that has to do with making the film on such a budget. Like, this is a $62,000 film production, right? You can't mm-hmm. be wasting film or wasting time um, on such a small budget. Like, mo- movies are just so fucking expensive to make like sixty two thousand dollars sounds like a lot but it really it's nothing mm-hmm. and okay uh do, do you have anything else i don't think so um i did come across one quirky fact that i thought was worth sharing and that is at the beginning of the movie uh connor talks about how his dad was killed by some dickhead on a roof that dropped a hammer on his head and when you see the oh, movie yeah. credits uh that actor is listed as the dickhead on the roof uh, very similar oh, yeah, to the, the, the fiddler on the roof but the dickhead on the roof the dickhead on the roof what a dickhead fuck that guy yeah oh my god okay but yeah, I mean, uh, overall i just i i personally really like this movie I, I definitely don't hesitate to recommend it to just about anyone I, I think it has a little bit of a an uncommon humor but not in the sense that it's inaccessible and i think it's it's quite it's very funny and it's very lighthearted and it's different and interesting and it's not very long. So overall, it's a great recommendation. Yeah, like really, this movie doesn't alienate anybody. Like no. at kind of any age, you can appreciate the characters of Connor and Jock, whether you're younger than them or the same age or older. Like you you see their goofiness and their like their naivete and you appreciate it like it's. Like yeah, you and they, said earlier, very endearing. Yeah, they have just a it's a and it's maybe not maybe the story itself is not relatable in the sense that everyone's had this exact experience, but it's relatable enough in the sense that you can connect with the characters on that kind of insecurity that they show and that kind of, you know, they're trying really hard to be taken seriously and to like know what to do and to do things properly and they just really don't have the skills to do it and I think every everybody can kind of relate to that. Absolutely. Well, with that, how about we get into our ratings? The only rating that really matters. Yeah, Blood and Skulls are obviously zero because there's not that much violence. There's really not any scares because it's not a horror movie. No. But for stars, uh, we both agreed to give it four out of five. Yeah, it's a good movie. and Because it's, uh... of 
the reasons we just mentioned. You yeah. know, this like it's a good movie. Th- this is a movie that like if somebody had asked me, you know, hey, have you seen anything good recently? I would without a doubt be able to recommend this one. Yep. It's lighthearted yeah. and it's fun. Yeah. So yeah, get get your bottle of Jameson's and a few rocks and slam <laughs> it, back some It some is whiskeys. probably funner to watch drunk. It is probably more fun to watch drunk, I would say. Absolutely. Yeah. Not All everything right. is, but still. And with that, that is another episode in the can. Keep on... Quacking in the free world? Is that what you're going to say? Yeah. <laughs> now, now, now I don't gotta. <laughs> So you can uh, follow us on Instagram at the Drunk Duck Cinema Club. Uh, find us online at drunkduckcinemaclub.com and is find it, us is on the Spotify. Back up? Ooh, yeah, you can't find us on Spotify right now, but that's okay. <laughs> we'll talk about that after. <laughs> <laughs> All right, find us where you'll find us. We'll find you. <laughs> <laughs>